Here's another Bible study from Calvary Chapel, Rochester. If you have your Bibles, we'll be reading from Psalm 103. So again, Psalm 103. And the word is, I bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies the mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is a merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto his children's children to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his host, and ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of dominions, of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. A Psalm of David. Here in Psalm 103, we read from God's bountiful word, where David expresses these words of praise. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Why should you bless the Lord? And how do you bless the Lord with all that is within you? As we study Psalm 103 today, a Psalm by David, we discover some amazing pointers on why and how we are to bless the Lord. When you think of David and his incredible life account, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Maybe a youth tending some sheep out in a field. Maybe defending those sheep from a lion and or bear. Maybe uh, a a young teen, a teenager, a brave boy who's going up against a, a giant Goliath, and facing that giant and giving God the victory. Maybe a king, a warrior king, a victorious king. With all these great feats of David, no wonder he had ample opportunity to praise the Lord. But was David's life so full of success and freedom from trouble that he had no reason to complain and every reason to praise the Lord? Let's consider David's life for a minute. David experienced life to its fullest. What could David possibly be saying 
thinking, feeling, and doing over 70-some years of his life. Did David experience problems in life? Yeah. Saul wanted to kill him. Did David grieve in life? Yes. His son Absalom tried to overthrow him and died trying. David was distraught. Did David sin horribly? Yes. He committed adultery with Bathsheba and killed her husband. Did David experience defeat? Absolutely. God rejected him from building the temple. And remember, Pastor sharing with us last weekend that his son Solomon eventually built that temple. Did David experience bodily pain? If we read from Psalm 32.3, he says, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. And finally, did David feel rejection? Psalm 31.11 tells us this, Because of all my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. Through life, David was responding, obeying, surviving, sinning, grieving, and much, much more. Do you relate to David? I certainly relate to David. The man that experienced all these things in the life of 70 years was still willing to bless the Lord in glorious fashion. In these examples, David struggled in body, soul, and spirit, just as all of us do. And yet, David, by the grace of God, was a humble man of great faith. He submitted to God, loved God, and sought forgiveness from sins and his erroneous ways. God declared him to be a man after his own heart. And David declared with his own mouth that God was his deliverer. David declared that he would conquer the giant in the name of the Lord. Even though David struggled in life and knew hardship and loss, he maintained his belief and great faith in God. So this image of a heart, um, we read in 1 Samuel thirteen fourteen, The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people. And in the New Testament, if you go to the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 22, we read, And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all of my will. Notice the words, all of my will. So what is God's will? And what does man that is after God's own heart think, feel, say, and do? Well, let's go back to the Psalm 103. I'm going to call up five things for us today, and those are David, number one, recognizes God. He acknowledges God. Number two, God, uh, David blesses God, and David remembers God's blessing. David fears God, and David believes God. So we start with acknowledging or recognizing God. Remember how Jesus instructed us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6? Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. Um, where is God? God's in heaven. He's on a throne. He's with us today, right? But he's on a throne, the throne he established. In verse 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. What did David do in the beginning of Psalms 103? He boldly proclaims, Bless the holy Lord. He acknowledges God as holy. That's certainly a good way to start a psalm. 
Next, we see David simply blessing God by blessing him. Verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. To bless the Lord, do we need more than just our physical body? Of course, God gave us a body, but God also gave us a soul. And David pours out his words of blessing by proclaiming, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. The last time I checked, we have over 7 billion people on planet Earth. That's a lot of bodies. And for each body, how many parts does just one body have? I see we have doctors in the house, male, male employees. So check me on this if I'm wrong, but I believe we have 206 bones. We have 650 muscles. We have 78 organs. And the heart, it's the size of your fist, beats over 100,000 times a day, or 35 million times a year, or 2.5 billion times in a lifetime. And for our body to live, we need air, water, we need um, food, shelter, and sleep. And thankfully, we got another hour of sleep last night, or at least most of us did. God provides life and what life needs to continue in bodily form. So in addition to our physical bodies, we have a soul and a spirit from God. Our spirit and how we interact with God. In James 2.26, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also apart from works is dead. And we read in Job 32.8, But it is the spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that makes him understand. And more in Ecclesiastes 12.7, And the dust returns to the earth as I was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. And in Romans 8.16, The spirit, that's God's Holy Spirit, himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So body, soul, and spirit. We have our own individual soul. Our soul is made up of our mind, our will, our emotions. Maybe the personality that you have, you could describe it as that. It's the internal you. God gave us each a unique soul. So we know and we think. We can re reason because God gave us a functional, eternal soul. And praise the Lord for that. Just as David was saying, bless the Lord. He's praising the Lord. And if we just think about our soul for a minute, and we think about the human mind, experts claim that the mind thinks up to 60,000 thoughts a day. You know, so, you know, 10 to 60,000. 60,000. That's a lot. So what do you think about in a given day? Well, look, there's a meme on a fuzzy, fat cat. How on earth did she get her hair that color? Will the Vikings ever win a Super Bowl? Why does peanut butter and jelly taste so good but doesn't look so good? Uh, where does your mind travel in 60,000 thoughts a day? You know, I would encourage all of us to think about how you're harnessing that mind that God has given you. Think about God. When was the last time you used 60,000 thoughts during one of your 100,000 heartbeats to bless the Lord? David certainly used his soul to bless the Lord. He set his mind on thinking about God. He used his reasoning to praise him. He also was aware of God via his spirit. God worked his Holy Spirit in David so that David could understand the wonderfulness of his almighty creator. He declares, I will bless the Lord with all that is within me. Everyone lives on this earth as a recipient of life benefits from God above. King David, during his earthly struggles, knew that these provisions were from God. And he acknowledged God for them, but he also acknowledged God for his soul and his spirit.
he did not just acknowledge the earthly things around him that his body needed to live, but he also acknowledged the godly things that impacted his soul and his spirit. He could praise the Lord because he had God's spirit working in him. He believed who God was and is and is to come. What do we read next in Psalm 103? He says, remember God's benefits, or forget not God's benefits. But I, I choose the words here, remember God's benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. Simply stated, bless the Lord is to remember him. And why should we remember him? Here's a few. Verse 3, who forgives all your iniquity. God does not disappoint. The world fails and everyone in the world fails 100%. We all sin, and yet he pardons those that accept his son, Jesus Christ. Those that repent from sin, that's a benefit. Who heals all your diseases? Of all those many body parts, have you ever broken a bone, pulled a torn muscle, had an issue with an organ, or simply had a cut, a cold, a flu, or some type of other sickness? Even though some of these things may linger and last, um, he's healing you. That's a benefit. And once we get to heaven, all diseases are illegal. They're not allowed. They're gone. That's a benefit. Verse 4, who redeems you from the pit? What was your all-time life low? Just think for a minute. What was the all-time life low that you've had? Like Joseph put in a pit by his brothers and sold into slavery. Have you had a trial that puts you in a pit? And yet, over hours, maybe days, weeks, years, uh, God didn't forget about you. Rather, he allowed that experience of life to shape you and to point you to him and bring you to him and um, eventually redeem your life for eternity. That's a benefit. And ultimately, Jesus rescues us from the pit of hell, something all sinners like me deserve. Yet Jesus redeems our life. That's a benefit. Who crowns you? You know, think about wearing a crown for a minute. With steadfast love and mercy. A crown of love and mercy. If I ever feel alone, I've got love. I've got mercy from Jesus, and that is a benefit. And verse 5, the list goes on. He satisfies you with so much good that your youth is renewed like the eagles. How much good can you count in one day, and how many things are actually working just right, or maybe even perfectly, according to God's will. If we're not complaining, does that mean good is happening? That's a benefit. And Jesus is good, and he gives us light in life that satisfies. It's called joy, and that's a benefit. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. In times of trouble, we get to decide, will I choose him, or am I going to go my own way? I can tell you from my own experiences that I never once regretted following God. I have had Joe Blake events in my life, as many of you had, and I've been oppressed, and I've been told to go away and not come back. And through these dark valley experiences, he never once left me. Amen. I, pers I personally witnessed God work righteousness and justice. He tells us that true religion is to look after orphans and widows. Uh, he, has, he has such a precious, loving heart. Jesus is righteous and he is just, and that's a benefit. Verse 7, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. God shepherded his people forward. His kingdom is advancing forcefully and no one can stop it, not even the prince of the earth. And Satan himself knows it. He's lost. He tells us that greater is he that it, it, than is in us than he, that is in the world. 
just know these truths. And, and when we read this book, the Bible, Jesus was the word. Jesus is the word. He will be the word forever. And that's a benefit. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and bounding in steadfast love. Jesus loves you. That's a benefit. In our midweek Bible study this week, we talked about when was the first time you remember that Jesus just loved you. Do you remember that moment? Have you ever just taken that moment to reflect on that moment in your life where you just, you just soaked and basked in the love of Jesus and you knew it? Jesus is our benefit. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. That thought alone is worthy of praise. Jesus forgives us, and today we have communion. Um, I'd ask all of you to remember that as a benefit. So, do you know there's like 6.5 billion greeting cards sold in America every year? That's 9 out of 10 households. I actually know someone who never buys a greeting card. I'm not going to name names. But uh, I'll just say this. I have some favorite greeting cards. When you think about greeting cards, what do you think of? Christmas cards, birthday cards, mom's card, Mother's Day cards, Father's Day cards, thank you cards. Um, this one is my, from my son, my youngest one. It's a picture of a, a kitty, and a baby kitty. And they're, and they're giving each other a kiss and a hug. That's pretty sweet. And then this one is from my daughter. I love pizza. This one has a slice of pizza on it. It says, happy birthday, Dad. Any way you slice it, you're the best. Geneva, you're the best, too. I love you. And then this one's from my middle son. Happy birthday, Dad. Always knows how to make me laugh. But enough about your fashion choices. So, you know, humor. I love humor. And, and cards, you know, they, they depict a lot of emotions. And it gives us a chance to reflect on what we appreciate about the people around us. Well, you know, we can maybe think about our ways of communicating with God as a way to send him a greeting. And uh, I would encourage all of you to maybe think about um, sending him a greeting this week. Maybe you write it out. Maybe it's an apology card. Maybe it's our eternal happy Father's Day birthday card. But whatever you do, remember, you don't have to mail it. I hear post, postages going up again. And can you imagine mailing 1,000 cards a day to God? That that get pretty expensive. You know, with, with God, we don't need an Internet connection. We don't need Wi-Fi. We don't need a fancy device. We have this thing called prayer. And uh, you see, we can't build a communication device to connect to God. He already equipped you, us believers, for heavenly communication. We have the Holy Spirit interceding. God knows our thoughts and hears our prayers. That's pretty cool. Maybe writing out a greeting card for God this week and praying it to him would be a great idea to start with because we remember his benefits and we praise his holy, holy name. David especially wanted to give God the credit. And uh, you read that in Psalm 103, bless the Lord. So who gets these benefits? Um, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. There are consequences to our choices and decisions in life. No matter what, we die. A wise person will give this much consideration before it's too late. To the believer, the fear of the Lord might look like honoring him and respecting him and submitting to him. 
because we know that his whole that he is holy and he alone makes us and keeps us loves us and saves us to the unbeliever fear of the lord is likely fear of judgment and eternal death and separation from god but to reap these benefits remember you need to be a submissive believer god hates pride but he shows compassion to the humble that accept the free gift of his son jesus so what do you do with your life your body your soul your spirit God is compassionate God. He did not just make us to die and disappear. He gave us a soul so we could live on for eternity. Do you honor and respect the one that made you? Do you fear him? He is your father and he plans good for those that honor him. Honor him with your life by choosing faith in Jesus. Love God and love the people around him. It's really that simple. But unfortunately, not everyone does fear the Lord. As a result, there will be an end to benefits at death with no opportunity to apply for or receive eternal life benefits. I just had to apply for uh, insurance benefits for next year at work, and we had a cutoff date, apply by the state to get those benefits. Same applies in life. We don't know the time or the place, the hour, the second that we'll be gone, that we'll be dead. But God does, and he's waiting for you. He's knocking at your door. He's asking you to accept him into your life. He's there, he waits for you, and he loves you. And friends, I think that's also why it's so valuable and so important that we carry this word with us, we take it where we go, and we don't always know what other people are up to in our places of work and on the street and in the neighborhood or at the stores, but we know that there are some spiritually blind, blind people out there, and, you, and they cannot accept these words unless they hear them for themselves. You know, many receive people uh, that reject God um, have never read or even listened to the word. Um, and, you know, we got to somehow get that word out to them. And even though the Bible is the most printed book on planet Earth, it's also the most neglected and underutilized book in print. So think about these blinds that you see, someone opening up the blinds to light. On the converse, those that read God's word, words in the Bible, allow the Holy Spirit to work in their minds and hearts healing that mind, healing that heart, communicating with a God. And they're able to receive Christ as Savior and express with their mouth a genuine belief. And they can genuinely, like David, praise the Lord. There is something very special in store for those who submit to him. It's the realization that we're saved from hell, our sins are forgiven, and we have new life. This makes us shout out to God and praise and adoration. He gives us his word and we heard it. We believed it. We repented. We live a new life. In the blood of Jesus, we will not suffer. Because of the blood of Jesus, we will not suffer in an eternal hell. Now we know why David proclaims in Psalm 103, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great his steadfast love towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. There is no end to God's love. Tell that to a murdering adulterer like David. You can be forgiven. Humble yourself before the Lord. And bless the Lord means that I will bow before him. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. And so I see a lot of parents here this morning. And you all know what it's like when you get a genuine, heartfelt, uh, I'm sorry, Mom, or I'm sorry, Dad, for something they did wrong. And it's not because they're saying it just to say it and get you off their back. It's, they're saying it because they know there's God. And they want to have a right relationship with him. And they know they, they want to say that 
sorry because it's the right thing to do. Well, that's what God's expecting from all of us human beings, no matter how old you get, to submit and say, I'm sorry, God, I've screwed up again, I've sinned, uh, I repent, I've turned from my ways, and I need to start again. Let's all be God-fearing children submitting to our holy, holy God. Finally, believe in him. David acknowledges God. David blesses God. David remembers God. And um, David believes God. Psalm 37, 4, you see it up here. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. So, think about the desires of your heart for a minute. With ten to 60,000 thoughts a day, uh, what are you thinking right now? I know we're getting close to lunch. Maybe it's a juicy T-bone steak with baked potatoes, smothered with butter, sour cream, and chives. Maybe it was hard getting here because your car wasn't work, working right, so a new car that won't break down. A retirement fund that guarantees money, enough money to live to 110 comfortably. No aches and pains and a, a BMI like a pro football wide receiver. A perfect spouse and an exciting love life. Praise and recognition for your job performance and revenge on your enemy. Whoa, wait a minute here. What kind of thoughts are these? You know, are these God-like desires or world-like desires? Because if we get wrapped up in worldly thinking, and, and if we're honest about this, um, we're going to want more and more of what the world is doing, and, and that's, that's just not going to help. And, you know, he made you. And he made you with this heart. And... Um, when we read this in 1 John 2, 6, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And if we read the words of Jesus speaking from Mark 8, 34 through 38, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him den deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Forever would lose or save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For, for whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, and in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. You want life. And I'd say forget this world. David did. He believed God and he denied himself. When he sinned and fell into the sinful desires of this world, he fell hard, really hard. And I'd say take warning, my friends. David repented from his sins. He had to pay for those sins. And to get right and to stay right with God, he had work to do. And as we read from Psalm 103 today, let's get right and stay right with God. Love Jesus. That is our one true heart desire, Christians. Bless the Lord from inside of us, our very inside of us. Let our light shine bright because he lives in us. A life for eternity is spared thanks to Jesus. We believe. Come, Lord Jesus. Bless the Lord. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ and no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live is in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So here we are in this world, a wonderful body full of parts and heartbeats and thousands of thoughts. And even so, Romans 3, 23, 
tells us, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And yet he, God Almighty, fitted us with an eternal soul that he fashioned in heaven and gave us in these mortal bodies. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Bless the Lord. Let's pray.